In fact, I was just editing it as while I was waiting. Excellent. Okay. Recording. Want my okay. fingers? You can. Sure. Hello, and welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am Meredith Bond, an experienced author, here with my co-host. <laughs> Prue Warren, very inexperienced author. Thank you. <laughs> and today, Prue, we are so very thrilled to have yet another guest with us. Hey. Today, we have Allison K. Garcia. And... Allison, um, we are so happy to have you with us. You do such interesting work. You write in fascinating genres, which I want to hear all about, mm -hmm. and you're a pantser. That's right. So to start off, can you give us a quick bio? Okay, well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here. I like doing podcasts. So, um, and let's see, quick bio is that I've been writing ever since I can remember. Um, there isn't a time of my life that I can remember, like going back to my childhood when I didn't want to be a writer. So I'm excited to be a writer who has now published books. So that's very exciting. Um, and I am, let's see, I generally, I have three books out and a couple, uh, short stories in anthologies. I write Christian fiction um, and generally Christian fiction around marginalized populations. So I have written three books um, about in the genre of Latino Christian fiction. Um, and there's a third, a fourth book that's coming out to finish out that th uh, three book series. The first book's a standalone. And then um, after that, I have a, a shoot off of that novel and I'll be um, switching to queer Christian fiction, which I'm very excited about. Hang on, hang on. Stop right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, the, the Christian religion is famous for not being accepting of, of queer people. Yes, isn't that interesting? And yet yeah. there are many people who are uh, queer and Christians out there in the world. And so, um, yeah, I actually, as I was coming out um, uh, to almost three years ago at this point, I, um, I really... I did a lot of research because I, because of my faith, was worried that coming out would I have to lose my faith, but right. and it was an integral part of who I was, but I also did not want to not be authentic to myself, um, right. and so I did, I read a lot of books, um, a, a whole lot of books, I reached out to several pastors, and I did a lot of reading, and um, it turns out there's a lot of mis- uh, translations that have happened in many of the bible uh local and then the word homosexual didn't even appear until like the 1800s in the bible um so i would encourage people to kind of do a little reading there's some really good um books there's god and the gay christian there's torn uh, god and the gay christian by matthew vines there's torn by justin lee there's a really cool book by Nadia Boltz Weber, who's just awesome anyway, and that book is called Shameless. So there's some. Wait, really... wait, wait, you go too fast. I'm going to put these in the show notes. God <laughs> okay. and the Christian is by who? Matthew Vines. Spell Mines. Vines, as in like a grapevine. Okay, Matthew Vines. And the other two were? Uh, the, uh, Torn by Justin Lee. Okay. 
And then there's uh, Shameless by Nadia Boltz Weber. <laughs> yeah. And then there's uh, another, there's actually like, I don't, I haven't read it yet, but there's like five others. So if people want more, they can just like message me on my Facebook author page. <laughs> but um, Tell me what that is. Uh, it's Allison K. Garcia author. Uh, initial K or letter K-A-Y? The initial. Allison K. Garcia author. Mm -hmm. is there a that will also go in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. Is it a dot com or? It's facebook.com slash Allison K. Garcia author. Well, we're on the subject. Allison, do you also have a website? I don't have a website. Um, I do Facebook. I do Instagram. I do Twitter. I have a blog that I have occasionally utilized. <laughs> that is, I don't really utilize. And I have an Amazon author page. Um, so people can go, I think it's like bit.ly slash Allison K. Garcia author. You can find my Amazon page. Um, yeah. I think that it's not my, the, that I have my, I have queer fiction in two anthologies through the Author Transformation Alliance. Um, and I don't know if those are linked um, quite to that, just because I'm not the first author on that. Um, that would be like under um, uh, Audrey's. That's okay. The well, there's enough information here that people will be able to contact you. They'll be able I, to find if they, have, yeah. if they have further questions. So <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that is fascinating really and encouraging to hear that there, uh, there are many Christian denominations that have no problems with queer people. I mean, I'm as a as as straight. I'm and also not religious. I'm like you're in you're in you're in the unknown to me. Yeah, um, I think that the the historically, the, I mean, many moons ago, there probably was like you know the things that people didn't talk about, but like. I think right now there's slowly people, more people are coming out and saying, Hey, it's okay to be both. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be gay uh, or queer, however you want to say it, like, um, or Christian, like you can be both. Um, and, and I think that that's probably controversial for a lot of people on the more conservative side of things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was kind of excommunicated from my last church for that. So, um, and there's many sad stories there I could tell, um, but I did find an awesome new church that is super accepting. And, um, and I have a, a lot of friends that are um, also queer Christians and I have a lot of writer friends. Um, we're actually gonna be holding like, uh, like a tiny, a tiny mini retreat because again, like, you know, like, uh, the pandemic, etc. cetera. Um, <laughs> there's like five of us, <laughs> but like I'm excited. And we have a couple like Facebook groups um, to support each other. And there's a lot of queer Christian artists. There's a new one that's come out like her, um, their name is like Semler. And it's a big thing. She's like, like number one on the Christian charts on, on iTunes right now. Wow. That's thing. awesome. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's, there's, I think that there's a whole like kind of underground club of people um, that have just been that kind of culture. afraid to say, yeah, kind of been, they've been afraid to say like either that they're queer, like in their being, you know, being gay and being a Christian, or they've been afraid to talk about their spirituality within um, queer culture because uh, people have been kind of like, like Christian people historically in the last like, 200 or so years have not been very loving towards. Well, it's uh, very, it's awesome then that you're writing. Well, the Latina, obviously um, the Latina romances 
is its own it's its own core of pride but this mm-hmm. i don't write romance question. though it's, it's, i'm sorry say it again not, not romance though it's um um it's i don't do romance i just do contemporary fiction sorry okay all right but i love the idea that that literature is often the subversive um message that creeps out through the society and normalizes and makes real things that people are like oh that's not possible mm-hmm. so brava good for you thank you yeah i've kind of i've very much like wanted to tell like untold stories um uh, for me like you know in my in my past church um you know and just my life i have um you know i learned a lot about undocumented immigrants and for me, like when I think about my core, the core things of my faith, it's um, loving God and loving others like yourself, your neighbor as yourself, um, as you love yourself. And so when people are being unloving towards a certain group of people, that brings a big red, red flag for me, um, you know, as through my faith. And so I, I wanted to write books about, because I knew I was, I have friends and, and, and people that I love that were undocumented and I didn't like how other Christians were like saying oh these illegals need to go back where they came from and they're stealing all our jobs and living off the government first of all it's like are they stealing all your jobs or are they living off the government because they can't right. be doing those um, <laughs> right. right. So I like I your, to... your faith you know I, I don't follow a faith I like your faith your faith is good thank you um, let's right. let's go to Europe you're a pantser when you sit down to write your novel, you don't plot it out first. I don't. No, I do not. Um, so, and if I do, I don't follow it. Great. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm pretty much a panzer. I'm, a, I'm occasionally a planter, or was it a plotzer? I don't remember right. the other word, but mostly a panzer. So, like, for example, this is like Vivian El Dream is my, um, my debut novel, right? That Say I wrote. Say the name again. Uh, Vivir El Dream. Um, dream. Uh-huh. And that's my first one, um, which has won several like awards and stuff. And so that one is my first novel that was out that I published. And um, like, this is how it, it went. Like I went to this Christian conference, this ACFW conference. I found a local group and like, it was like a Sunday we met, I think, or a Saturday or something. And we met and, and they were like, Hey, it was like October 30th or like October or like I don't know like 27th or something and they were like hey there's this thing called nano you should totally check it out it's really fun and I was like what is it and they're like oh this is NaNoWriMo and you write a book in a month it's like 50,000 words and I was like I've never done that it took me like five years to write my last one they're like you should try it it's kind of fun and and then I was like well I do have this idea for like a, a story about a, a, a an immigrant like undocumented immigrant and they were like that sounds really cool you should write it and I was like okay maybe I will and then I did (laughs) you just sat down and you wrote it did you have in mind themes along the way did you know the ending where Mm -hmm. were your thoughts when you started to write that's a great question so I had like an idea and I had like a picture in my mind of this person Linda Palacios um I don't think she even had a name and I was like okay like I want I, I imagined it being her and her mom and her mom having kind of uh, crossed the desert with her um, and like, and that they had like, I don't even know if I thought like what kind of experience I kind of thought they would maybe not have a good experience because that would add for, you know, 
a lot of people there are like some people that cross the border and it's like super like cash and like it's totally fine um but a lot of people have like kind of very challenging uh border crossings so i wanted to make it more authentic and being like most people struggle with when they've crossed the border so i had that i had that kind of in mind that they were and that she was in college but couldn't get a job um or couldn't find an internship because she didn't have any papers you know and she was undocumented and then she's like what am i going to do with my life if i graduate and i have a bachelor's but i still can't do anything because i don't have documents i don't have a social security number etc and so i kind of had like a vague idea like i don't even know if i thought it that, that far and just was like undocumented college student like <laughs> and then i was like you know like maybe um I don't know. I don't even know like what I had in my mind as I was writing. I think I had like the first three pages. Um, and I just kind of sat down and I just started writing. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna like have different characters. Also, this was the first time I'd written like in more than one point of view at the same time. Oh. So like, I, oh. I just did it. Like, it's just like, all right. So I was like, there's going to be um, like Linda and then there's going to be um, the mom, Juanita. And then there's going to be this racist white guy named Tim who's like suicidal. And so I had like these three, three characters and I just kind of wrote and I, I'm, I kind of picture scenes in my head like a movie. And so as mm -hmm. I'm writing, like I'm kind of imagining things and I'm putting them down on the page. And then as I'm writing, I kind of, um, sometimes I feel like for me, it's like a, it kind of goes with my face. It's kind of like a spirit thing where I feel called to write a certain thing or all of a sudden I'll be writing something and I'm like, ooh. So like several things were total surprises to me as I'm writing. Like, so I'm writing and I was like, wait, where'd this kid come from? Oh, romantic interest popped out of nowhere. And I was like, and then this other one, I was like, oh, love triangle. Like, I, who knows? I like, I didn't know. And so I was just writing and I'm just coming up with ideas as I'm writing. And then so for you, what happens, the inspiration happens while you're literally at the keyboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm just writing and things are coming to me as I'm writing. Sometimes I'll be pondering and thinking as I'm writing and I'll just come to things. Sometimes I'll get stuck and I'll talk it through with somebody or I'll see something and it'll make me think of something. And then at some point I'll, you know, a lot of times I'll have like the, the crux, like the, uh, what's the, the climax in my head a little bit. And, but I think for this book, I had done some kind of writing thing where it said the worst you know, one of the climaxes like could be like that your main character's worst fears come true, right? So then I was like, oh, and then I was like, no, this is gonna happen. <laughs> and I was really sad. And I was like, no, people aren't gonna like this. <laughs> but it's real. Like it's a true. It's like based. It's not based on like real people, but it's like really what happens to people. So and I um. Uh, for this book, I was a little bit inspired, too, just because in my former church, we had, like, three people deported within the, a year, um, three, like, church members, and one of them were really close friends of ours, and so I think I had some of that person's story in my head as I was writing. It was not at all similar to this story, but I think the struggles that that person faced and the, like, the sadness of that happening kind of was something that, that kind of led into um, my, the, my, my writing. The emotion book. stayed with you, and you and imbued mm -hmm. your own story with similar emotion mm -hmm. even yeah. though you changed the story yeah and I think like also yeah this story is very different but um 
like there, there are some parts that are similar and I actually ended up calling um, him, uh, this, this friend, to kind of get more information about what um, deportation proceedings actually looked like in real life and what, um, what the plane looked like and what different things. So that kind of added to my, my story, um, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, so as I'm writing, kind of things are coming to me. I remember like for my other series, which is the Buscando Home series, I was in like a cafe. Uh, this is pre-COVID. Oh. <laughs> remember, when? remember when we could go to cafes and not wear masks. But I was in a cafe and I was sitting there and I had been kind of like, I was writing my the final book of the series and I kind of knew like sort of what I wanted to happen with this one character. And then I was sitting there and it like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Grinch, uh, The Soul Christmas, but I was like, Allison's got an idea, a horrible, <laughs> wonderful idea. And so then I was like literally sitting in the cafe and I was like, <laughs> and I think I scared the person in front of me because I was like, I know how this person's going to die. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and then I was like, then I went to go use the bathroom while I was there and I was like, I thought of a better way for him to die. And then, and then later I was like, wait, I have even better things. And so like, you know, sometimes like as I'm, I'm working through it, I'll kind of think of more things. Um, so but, do you ever, I mean, your, your, your process sounds so organic and so freeing. I'm very envious of it, but do you ever discover an idea that makes you have to back up and revise what you had oh, already? Yes, very much so. Yeah, mm. editing is crucial when you're a pantser. I, I'm not, I'm definitely not a Hemingway. Hemingway, fun fact, um, never, all of those are his first drafts. Wow. And I'm pretty sure, unless you're Hemingway, you need to edit. So it's like, like, and none of us are Hemingway. Like, also, none of us should be Hemingway. He right. like, had right. a lot of alcohol issues. Anyway, so apparently <laughs> not very nice. So, like, <laughs> probably went hand in hand. But anyway, so, you know, like, who's going to edit his books, you know? <laughs> I don't think he'd let anybody. So, um, otherwise, you need to edit. So, when I go back and edit, like, because usually I write my books during Nano, and then I spend the next, like, six months editing that book, because it needs a lot. Because... I'll be writing, I'll be reading this and I'll be like, oh, I forgot that was a thread that I d definitely didn't pick up on. Like, and maybe that doesn't fit and maybe that does fit now. Or I'll be like, oh, this is funny. Like that person ended up not even being in the book. I'm going to take them out or I'm going to add more scenes with them. Um, or I will go and be like, I'll have to add a lot of extra things to make the connections work. Um, because sometimes as I'm writing, like later, when I go back, actually, sometimes I'll go back and I'll read it and I'll be like, huh, this is really good. Um, or this is hilarious. Or, or I'll be like, that's not working. I've got to cut that. Um, you know, so it, it's very much like, I feel like almost um, like that. Sometimes like the book is like being written, which is like I'm assisting the book being written, like almost um, in terms of how organic it is. So I think like the editing is for me is not fun but makes the book so it's readable to others <laughs> and it makes it so, make more sense you know so you write the entire book and then you go back and edit and fix it and mm -hmm. massage it so that it all makes sense and the structure is right and yeah the characters are growing properly and so on all that stuff yeah all the people make sure their hair color is the same and fix all the things that are like half sentences or like you know like yeah but uh, mostly it's like adding in extra scenes like so I'll write like a first draft and it'll be 50k because I usually do it during nano and then usually through the editing process I add another 
20 to 30 K. Hmm. So I write extra. Pretty fascinating. And do you find the quality of your writing changes when you're in this more thoughtful editing mode? Is it, is it easier or harder to write those extra scenes? I hate editing a lot. Uh Um, (laughs) I feel like though it's necessary because I know that my first drafts are not where what they need to be. And so I'm, I'm, grateful for my editor um and for my former editor um and uh, but I'm not uh like I don't I don't always love the editing process I don't mind writing the extra scenes because that's kind of fun um I like writing more than editing I think that's kind of the gist of it that's 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 probably everybody Mm -hmm. yeah because of that that moment when you're like oh I know what I'll do yeah exactly or like when a scene hits sometimes I'll reread my stuff and then uh, it'll like hit me and I'll like be crying and I had um the the recently I was published in an anthology um it was the second anthology that I was in for the ATA and it it was the second time I I published queer Christian fiction and so this one was about a boy who was like 17 about to turn 18 and a basketball player high school and um and kind of you know, knew he was gay and was waiting to be in college before, you know, out of his parents, like house who are super evangelical, conservative, Southern Baptist Christians, and like that go to church every Sunday. And like, you know, um, he was waiting until he could be in college to kind of come out and and do whatever he wanted and be free, because they're in a very small conservative town. And um, yeah, it was very powerful, because I put a lot of myself and stuff as like, in it or just kind of put myself in the shoes I think and um like at the end when I wrote the ending for that one like I was just like weeping like Mm. because it was very emotional um that story was I didn't edit too much um I just edited it like a little bit and that was mostly like you know maybe second third draft for that one so it sounds like your decision to write to start to begin the process is based on a really powerful emotion you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's not as though you said, now I will write a story that answers this question. It's more like you're saying, this is something that is powerful and meaningful to me. I'm going to put a story around it. Yeah, I would say yes. And I, I took a quote down. I'm going to take it off of my little thing here. And it says, people will remember how your characters make them feel. And I think that that is something that I keep in mind as I'm writing Um, because I think that's one of the most important things for me in writing. Like if I'm reading a story and it has a good plot, but I hate the main characters and like, I don't really like care to hear more about them. Like I'm probably not going to remember it or read it. Like I want to feel things when I read, like, and I love angst. My girlfriend has pointed out that I love angst. Um, (laughs) like, and I can totally see that (laughs) because like, all of my original like stories when I was a kid, like all involved like runaways. And one of the first stories I ever wrote was a girl with like, who ran away from home. And then, you know, because from her abusive parents, this is like, again, like, like ninth grade or something from her abusive parents who had locked her in this small closet that was filled with asbestos. And then she had mesothelioma. Like, <laughs> like that's where my ninth grade mind was. <laughs> that gives you an idea uh, so my favorite like one of my favorite books growing up was um 
was like Wuthering Heights. <laughs> it's just so angst. That's too much angst for me now. Like that, I can't read that <laughs> one anymore. But I do like Jane Eyre. That's one of my tops. So you know, like you know, dying on the moors. Like, but like you know, you know, um, you know, person with schizo- untreated schizophrenia in your attic. Like, okay, right, the first wife. Yeah, dancing on the roof. Burn exactly. down the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. So yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I think it, that's a very good way to put it. I, I think a strong feeling or a story I've heard or some kind of thing that I've experienced and something that left that either like, I feel like maybe people need, it would be good for people to see, be like see in a different way mm-hmm. or feel or that I want people to feel like, I think for my books, historically and current, like I like people to learn things. I, like, I like learning when I read books too. Um, maybe not so much like Jane Eyre is not so much of a learning book, but um, you know, like I feel like certain books when I'm reading them, uh, like for example, um, I really enjoyed Angie Thomas's book, um, The Hate, uh, The Hate You Give. Um, I feel like I learned things as I read that book. I I cried a lot, you know, reading that book, and was angry and laughed, you know, so. Uh, and I think part of what I hope to do, like when I'm writing books, is I want people to feel things, either that they are like, and and the things I want people to feel are kind of like compassion and empathy, I think, like if it's a, a culture outside your own, mm-hmm. but then also I want people to feel heard and seen for cultures that are their own. Like, oh. you know, for me, like, um, I haven't, there's not a lot of queer Christian books out there, but there's a lot more queer, queer Christians than one would think. And so not having anyone writing books um, and, and you feel like, you know, there's no books about you. Maybe that means you're the only one mm. that's, you know. And so then when you see a book and you're like, oh, my gosh, like I remember like reading even just the Matthew Vines books and stuff and like feeling this intense sense of relief that I could still like be myself and I wouldn't have to lose either sides of things that were really important to me. So it was a powerful thing. And so I want pe- other people to be able to ex- love and accept themselves and say- see themselves in books. And also for other people that are reading to be like, these are people and these are people that are living their lives and let me see them with a different lens. Because I think um, there was like a study, I'm going to say it's Harvard because it sounds more like- legit. Good, say it's Harvard. Like <laughs> totally Harvard study. <laughs> I don't know. Could be Oxford, yeah. There was a study that was done by probably a college um, <laughs> that could have been Harvard, um, where they kind of they did a study that that showed that people could learn um, people that read more fiction like increased their empathy, and I think it's because you put yourself in the character's shoes as you're reading. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 I like doing that. And I know I read one of my editor's books, um, and she writes like stuff I don't usually read, and she writes like spy novels. But she wrote this one and it was like kind of like a white nationalist terrorist kind of like uh, Oklahoma City bombing kind of situation uh, series that's very good. You should read it. Um, and at the ending, I found myself like, again, like full out, like crying for like two, three minutes after just because I felt for that main character. Like and I really and I was like, oh, my gosh, like I did not expect to like cry over this person that, you know, um, most people really hate so but it was just like very I I like putting myself in other people's shoes and learning and as a therapist which is one of my jobs 
Um, I do that all the time. So it's not too much out of my genre anyway. Well, that is the power of literature that you can experience something through the writing that you would not normally experience. Mm-hmm. But I, and, and that, that was understandable to me, but I was moved when you said that when people read about themselves from marginalized communities or communities that have been little, little heard from, that that's also very powerful. That's a really, so it really coming into Christian contemporary fiction for you is absolutely along the very same path. That's what you're, that's what you're here to do. Yeah, and I think for myself, you know, as I'm not, I'm not a Latina person, um, I do, like, sometimes, like, feel like I've been, like, Latina at heart, because I'm just so, so involved in the community, but I know I'm not actually Latina, so, like, I, I, one of the things, like, but I am queer, so I know for me, like, I feel like I, I'm kind of putting to rest kind of that, that side of, of uh, stories that I've written, and because I feel like, you know, at this point, I've kind of written things, and and I think it's time for other people to write their stories, you know, and I want, I want to, you know, I don't want to take a space that maybe another person who is a person of color or, or a Latino person, um, you know, would be, would be taking and, and writing a story that I don't a hundred percent get. And so I would like to, and I feel called at this point to write kind of move into the queer Christian fiction stuff because I feel like called to, to, to be, working on that side of things. And I felt called to write Latino Christian fiction, which is why I did it. Um, and now I just feel called to write queer Christian fiction. That's why I'm gonna do it. Even though I might lose a lot of readers and that's fine because other people will read it. That's awesome. But you're validating an entire subgroup, you know, entire group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's very powerful. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and I think it's important because um, it's like, it's, it's a really, really high percentage of people that are are gay or on the lgbtq plus spectrum and um are depressed or have committed suicide or tried to commit suicide because of um what their faith has told them and it's it's very sad because that's you know that shouldn't be happening like that's not what like god is about like that's not you know and so i like I, I feel very called to kind of be like, it's okay to be yourself and to, and you are loved and all that stuff, you know, because I think that's what people have helped me realize. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. That's a, it's a great so, thing to write about. So you said that you are as you're more a planter. So where does the plotting part come into your process? Hmm, so for example, like the three book series, <laughs> I have to go back and be like, wait, what color was this person's eyes? What was happening in this thing? And then like, I, I definitely like half plotted. I really like a little bit of a plot. Like I had like a little tiny plot, like, okay, I think that I'm going to, um, you know, for the third book, especially for like a series, I've had to make sure to like follow, follow on with the things that were happening, like in the book, like I will, I wrote a timeline and I was like, oh, it finished at Christmas. You know, it was, it was, the 23rd, you know, and so, and it was a Saturday, you know, or a Friday, so I can kind of make sure to, like, match it, um, and then I'm like, well, you know, and then if this is going to happen, it has to happen before they have court and all this stuff, and so I have to, like, put it in, like, a timeline like that, um, which is, for me, just, like, one piece of paper with, like, little things, (laughs) you know, um, or, like, a character list. I have my character list, and I try to, like, add in 
eye color and hair color. <laughs> I always forget that. Um, it's, funny, it's funny you're talking about continuity. You're definitely not a plotter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Continuity and a timeline. You're not plotting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's 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 for me. It's like a lot of times when I write that first draft, they're almost like existing in like a like white space, just like with each other. Because <laughs> then I'm like, they're just like voices. Like in my head, I can picture it, but I forget to like translate that onto the, the scenario, like onto the scenes. And so they're just like talking, and then. <laughs> editors like where are they what town are they in um are they sitting are they standing like what color what do they look like (laughs) what are they wearing and I was like those are all excellent questions (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I thought of when I was writing that but I also think that it just proves that you really are a true dyed in the wool absolutely organic Mm -hmm. cancer with the freedom to let the story go where it wants to go yeah I think like, I do sometimes have like a little bit of a vague plot, like for the, um, for the, um, the, the one with the basketball called out of, out of time yeah, that, that was in the ATA March for justice. Um, I did have a vague plot. I was like, I would like this, these things to happen. And I kind of had like maybe like 10 things I thought maybe would happen. Then like five of those happened um, and other things happened instead. That's about the extent of my plotting. Have you ever been surprised by the ending? This ending, I kind of was um, because I I went back and forth about how I wanted certain things to go, and then the way I actually ended it, like, and this the scene that I ended it on, and just the words I ended it on were very powerful to me, and they almost like like it hit me as I was writing it. And I just, that was when I like just started crying and it was, um, it was just very beautiful, I think. Um, Catharsis. Yeah, it was very cathartic. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I'm surprised by it. Usually I know how it ends, like more or less, um, like in the scene generally or the climax and the ending. I usually know like sort of as I'm going, but sometimes I don't. I think it must have something to do with that call with this with this faith that you Mm -hmm. have a story to tell and you're just going to let it grow Mm -hmm. that's uh I once again as an atheist I also envy people who feel a spiritual faith Mm -hmm. I envy you as an author who has faith that your story is gonna go where it needs to go Mm -hmm. I always have finished stories I don't always edit them but I usually get to the end of them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and most of them I've been publishing every every nano novel that I've written in the last since 2012 I have published or I plan to publish uh wait except for one but the rest of them yes <laughs> that one I wrote here's the thing that one I wrote I didn't feel called to write it I felt like I should write it because that's what people would want and that one I didn't really there feel called to write it and there we go there you go should have gone with my heart okay well that's a really that's a really telling point mm-hmm. that's for the him. times that I've like the times that I've kind of said this is like let me try to do something to make you know like and have pushed it like in a different way that I felt then those are the times that it hasn't really worked out very good so there's a lesson mm-hmm. there's yeah, in the in the in the some circles we would say that's the holy spirit you're following the holy spirit right. so. well it's faith mm-hmm. yeah exactly and yeah. so you're kind of letting the spirit move awesome. you awesome your world is very different from mine. 
and, <laughs> and I am fascinated by it. Thank you so much for letting us peer into your thought process. Thank you. I've enjoyed uh, chatting with you too today. It's been interesting. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Allison. Really appreciate it. And Prue, what do we have on tap for next week? Oh, that's a really good question. Hang on. Let me open the episodes list. I should have done it before this, and I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, I'm sitting here waiting for you to do it. <laughs> okay, good. We'll just cut this out because I'm, apparently I'm loading in Excel. It's going to take forever. Take forever. Okay. Sorry. La, la, la. Make a pause so you know where to cut. <laughs> That's okay. Verifying Microsoft Excel. It's just taking forever. Okay. And In that case, I will bring it up. And you, you, you probably, you'll still probably get there faster than I will. Ah, we were going to talk about archetypes. Oh, I want to talk about archetypes. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Next time, <laughs> archetypes. Next That's time. Very cool. Very yes. cool. <laughs> Allison must come back and talk about archetypes. <laughs> I did read, I did, I did study um, in therapy in, in counseling school. I took a whole semester on dream interpretation or a whole class on dream interpretation and wow. then all about Jung and the Jungian right. archetypes. So all right. There you go. Look, I have Meredith, a friend that also writes I don't I don't know anything about it, but Meredith is nodding. So I'll, I'll learn it all next week, I promise. That's cool. <laughs> well thank you guys okay. for having me on. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, listeners should feel free to um, comment on the writersblockpartypodcast.com or rate us on wherever you got your podcast. And as always, if you're an author and want to join Meredith's Discord server, join us, please, just by emailing mary at marymeredithbond.com. Is that right, Meredith? That's right. And say, I want to join the Discord server. And then you can come on and we'll do a little accountability each day. How are you doing on what you're working? And we do sprints. And we do chats and we bitch a lot. And we talk, we also give writing resources for people who have something to offer and share, which is well, very What nice. I like about that statement is the implication that I do any of that. I just absorb all the writing resources. <laughs> One day you will grow into a powerful person. That's who will it. Then give all of the resources back. My plan is a global publishing empire. It's going go. slowly, but it's going. You got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well then until next week, it's been lovely speaking with both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good week. You too. Bye. Bye Mary. Talk to you next week.